bhagavad gita session so let us start with some prayers you can chant the prayers with me namo vishnu padaya krishna vishkaya bhutayo shri mate bhakti vedanta swami te namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Prajayama Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Vashtatidishitarini Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advet Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So today we have a very special session. That is definition of God. Generally, a lot of devotees were asking uh, in previous sessions that who is God? How Krishna can be considered as God? So today we will understand what is definition of God. And today's session is dedicated to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhakti Vedanta, Swami Shila Prabhupada, who is a Fankaracharya Vishwan, Hare Krishna Movement. So if I ask you, what is the definition of God? So definitely, we will have some definition in our mind. We may call him as Supreme Personality of God and all-powerful or somebody who is above everyone, who is you know, controlling everyone in this creation, who is a creator of everything. But let us see what is the definition which is mentioned in our Vedic literatures? Because Vedas are the source of perfect knowledge, as we have discussed earlier also. So Vedas can make us understand what is the perfect definition for a person who is God. So it is mentioned in our scriptures Aishwarasya Samagrasya Viryasya Yashasha Sriya Jnana Vairagyos Chaiva Sannam Bhaga Itingana. This shloka states that who is God? So God is addressed as Bhagwan. Bhagwan ka matlab kya hai? That a person who possesses Six kinds of opulences in fullness. Nobody can have more than him. That person is called God. Let us see what are the six kinds of opulences which are mentioned in the shloka. Strength, fame, wealth, knowledge, beauty, and renunciation. So in this entire creation, if a person possesses these six kinds of opulences and that too in fullness, nobody can have more than him. That person is called God. 
he is considered considered to be supreme personality of god so let us see who comes under this definition who is that person who fits exactly in this definition who is that person who is called god let us see one by one so we'll start off in a different order so we'll start off with wealth so why wealth because in this world we see any person who is having wealth he is very attractive correct anywhere you see if a person is very wealthy is opulent then he automatically becomes very attractive so there are many wealthy men in the world correct there are many wealthy people in this world apart from them also many are there this is just to give an example but if we study their life if we understand about their wealth then we will see that although they are wealthy men in the world but no one can claim that he possesses all the wealth in the world none of the person can say who oh, i possess all the wealth of the world no they possess major chunk of the wealth of the world that is why they are considered to be richest but nobody in this on this earth planet at least can say that he is a proprietor of all the wealth of this planet but let us see who is god god means who possesses all the wealth not of earth planet of the entire creation so we say krishna is god how krishna is god in this definition because krishna is mentioned bhagavad gita that he is a proprietor of all riches now how where it is mentioned bhagavad gita where krishna says like that so krishna declares in bhagavad gita that aham sarvasya prabhavo aham sarvasya prabhavo means i am the source of all spiritual and material worlds krishna is the source of entire creation whatever we see in this world is created by krishna and he says in bhagavad gita like that this is not speculation krishna personally says in bhagavad gita that i am the source of all spiritual and material worlds and then further he says matta sarvam pravartate everything emanates from me now when krishna makes this statement this statement he has made just to make us aware because we don't know who is the source of everything so lord says not only earth planet there are billions and trillions of planets which are created by lord and they all are working under his direction so then who is the richest person that is krishna and then he when he was there on this earth planet in dwarka 5000 years back krishna had 16108 wives and each wife lived in a palace made of marble bedecked with jewels 
So this was the level of opulence Krishna showed on this earth planet. Even today also we don't see anybody having so many wives, correct? And for each wife having one palace, separate palace, means more than 16,000 palaces on this planet Krishna had. That is Dwarka. So he showed this on this earth planet and he claims that he is a proprietor of our entire creation. So we experience in this material world that if a man is very rich, he is very attractive. Just like in America, for instance, Mark Zuckerberg is very attractive because of his riches, because of his wealth. It's very opulent. So they are attractive even though they do not possess all the wealth of the world. We can just imagine how much more attractive than is God who is a possessor of all the riches. He is a proprietor of entire creation. What level of wealth he has. So that is why under this definition we can say that Krishna is Supreme Personality God because he personally says that I am Sarvasya Prabhu. Let us see the second opulence that is called strength. Again, we see there are many strong men in this world who are considered to be very strong on this planet. But again, no one can claim that he possesses all the strength of the world. They have strength, but they cannot say they have all the strength of the world. No, they have some strength. And like them, there are others also who are having similar kind of strength. But when we talk about God, God means, under his definition means, God possesses unlimited strength. Nobody can be more powerful than him. Nobody can have more strength than him. So under this definition, how Krishna is God? Because he says in Bhagavad Gita that even if we see a strong man in this world, their strength actually comes from Krishna. Because if you see, strength is because of this material body. Who has given this body? Who has created this body? Where is the manufacturing plant? Correct? So definitely human beings have not created this material body which is having so much of strength. This body is created by somebody who is God. And Krishna says that actually this ability in man, the strength in man has come from me. And not only that, when he was on this earth planet, Krishna, he showed his strength from the moment of his birth. So when Krishna was born, born means when he appeared, Krishna never takes birth, God never takes birth. Then he was just three months old. And he killed a very big demon, Putna. And the length of her body, which Putna was 13 kilometers when she died. That was the length of her body. And Krishna killed her. Just like that. He was only three months old. Have we ever seen any child, three months old, who has killed, you know, such a demon? First of all, we don't see demons like that today. But suppose there is a demon like that, a child who is only three months old kills a huge demon like that. And the length of her body was 13 kilometers. 
and then if you are aware of very famous pastime of the lord called govardhan leela in which krishna lifted entire mountain of govardhan and that too for seven days and seven nights again krishna was you know just 6 year old 6 to 7 year old that that was his age and lifted govardhan for seven days and seven nights without eating without sleeping without anything so who can do that who can have more strength than him that is called god so that is why if we go by this definition of strength it is mentioned in the scriptures nobody can have more strength than god himself and at that time when govardhan was lifted there was one demigod indra who who thought at that time that krishna is not god any attacked entire vrajdham so to protect them krishna lifted over then later on indra realized that krishna is not ordinary person he is supreme person in god so krishna was god from the very beginning of his appearance it is not that a person becomes god there is no process like that it is not that if we can go to himalayas and we do some austerities for a few years and then we can all become god no god means who is god from the very beginning of his appearance so when krishna appeared on this planet earth he appeared as god only but then vasudev and devki who were playing the role of his parents they were great devotees of the lord and they prayed to the lord that they wanted krishna to become their child so krishna took a form of a child he never took birth so there is a very nice story of Uh, a pope and pujari so there was one chief pujari in vrindavan and he was serving in krishna balram temple so he happened to visit uh, in rome to meet uh, one pope in the church so he visited the church and then he uh, this pope he took him to his you know private chambers so when he entered the chamber he saw very uh, unique kind of phone and then uh, he asked this uh, pope this pujari from vrindavan that what is this fancy phone i have never seen a phone like this so then uh, this pope told this pujari that actually this is a phone by which you can directly connect yourself with god it's a very special phone if you want to speak to god you can directly use this phone and you can connect yourself with god so pujari used this phone and he connected himself with god and he spoke for a while and then after the call get got over this uh, pujari asked the pope that you know how much he has to pay for this call so then uh, this pope was not asking anything so then finally uh, pujari insisted no no he want he wanted to give some donation also for this call so then pope said okay uh, you know he saw the phone and then he said ki okay 560 dollars you can pay for the call so he paid and then he invited that spoke to vrindavan so then after some time this spoke also goes to vrindavan and he visits krishna balram temple in vrindavan and again this uh, pujari chief pujari he uh, takes him inside his office and then again in that office popes uh, sees that same similar kind of phone which he had similar kind of fancy phone which he also had so understood oh this is a phone where i can use for connecting myself with god so then he asked this uh, 
Pujari, can he call? So Pujari said, yes, you can also make a call. No issues. So then Pope called. Again, he spoke for a while. And then after the call got over, then uh, this uh, Pope asked this Pujari, Kitna hua? Kitna payment karna hai for this call? So again, Pujari was saying, no, 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 you don't have to pay anything. You are our guest. So this uh, Pujari said, no, no, uh, nothing like that. Then Pope said, no, no, I will pay. You also paid. So then uh, Pujari said, only 10 rupees. So Pope got surprised. Oh, I spoke for a long time. You are saying only 10 rupees. That's it. So then he asked, why it is so cheap here? So Pujari said, no, you are in Vrindavan actually. So it's a local call. So you don't have to pay no more than 10 rupees. So like that. So Krishna appeared in Vrindavan. So Vrindavan is not ordinary place. And that is why it is mentioned in the scriptures that Bharat Bhumiti Yar Janam Kari Karo If somebody has taken birth on this Bharat Bhumi, this birth is considered to be most pious thing in the life of human beings. Most pious birth. It is very rare to get this human form life and that to a birth on this land of Bharat Bhumi. Because God himself appeared on this land of Bharadvo. So that is why Indians are specially meant to learn and understand Bhagavad Gita and spread this knowledge all over the world. That is a very important responsibility for Indians. Another opulence of God, Krishna is fame. So there are many famous people in the world, correct? And they are famous all over the world for their different fields. But again, no one can claim that he possesses unlimited fame. Correct? Just like Sachin is considered to be God in India. But maybe in London, Sachin may not be very famous like that. If we go towards Western world, then we can say David Beckham or some other stars must be might be famous like that. So, Although Sachin possesses a lot of fame and like that many sports stars are there in this world, but no one can claim that he possesses unlimited fame. Nobody can say that he is famous all over the world and what to speak all over, all over the universe. But another thing is that his fame is there till this body is there. Once we lose this material body, the fame also goes away. What to speak of fame, strength, beauty, knowledge, everything goes with this body. Because everything is limited with this material body. So with the passage of time, great famous personalities are dead and gone. But in case of Krishna, although he appeared 5,000 years back, but still his fame is there because Krishna is present in his words, in his holy name. So, Today also we can see millions in the world are aware of the fame of the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita means Krishna only. So you will never see a book which is 5,000 years old and still people are reading this book again and again. So we can see all over the world there are many big philosophers, psychologists, scholars and people from different backgrounds. They all have read Bhagavad Gita. And today also, two people are reading Bhagavad Gita. People are taking inspiration from this book. So fame of Bhagavad Gita means fame of Krishna.
And another thing is today, all of us know all over the world, people are celebrating a very famous festival, Janmashtami, which is the appearance day of Krishna. So you'll never see again any person who was born 5,000 years back and still we celebrate his birthday. But this is Krishna. Still, all over the world, people are celebrating Janmashtami festival. Another opulence of God is beauty. Nobody can be more beautiful than God. This is another opulence of God. So again, we see there are many beautiful people in the world. But this beauty is only till the point we have this material body. With passage of time, this beauty will fade away. This beauty will be vanished. This body will go away. This beauty is temporary beauty. This is not permanent beauty. Because the skin, limbs, hairs, all these things will go away after some time. Whatever we do, we cannot stop this aging. But in case of Krishna, his beauty is spiritual beauty, unlimited beauty. It is mentioned Bhagavatam, sorry, Brahma Samhita, Advaita Machutam Anadi Ananta Rupam, Adyam Purana Purusham Navayovanam Cha. Vedeshu Durlava Madurlava Atma Bhakto Govindamadi Purushantaham Bajami. It is mentioned in Brahma Samhita by Brahmaji. He says that Krishna's beauty is Navayovanamcha. If you see the second line of the shloka, Adyam Purana Purusham Navayovanamcha. So the best example is in Mahabharat. When Krishna was present in Mahabharat, at that time, his material age was 125 years. But Krishna was looking like a 16-year-old, like a 16-year-old boy. He was looking like a very young person. Navayovanamcha, because his body is not a material body. His body is spiritual body. Our body is material body. So there is a influence of time which is there on our body. So that is why... With every rising and setting of the sun, this the age of our body is increasing. But in case of Krishna, there is no influence of time because time is created by God. So his body is spiritual body. His body is eternal. His beauty is eternal, transcendental beauty. But generally because people don't know who is God, there is they compare God with a picture of Atlas. Correct? Generally, people think that, you know, because God is a creator of entire creation and he is a very old person because he is there from the beginning of the creation. So he must be very old, must be carrying a huge load of the entire creation on his back. This is a picture what people have of God, but this is not the reality. Everything is happening under direction of Krishna. Krishna says that, Maya Dakshina Prakriti Suyate Sacharacharam. Entire nature is working under his direction. Everything is happening under his guidance. Correct? Just like owner of a company, he is not involved in day-to-day -day activities. Just by his direction, entire organization works. Entire, you know, everybody works under his direction. Like that, Krishna has many agents. Many energies are there of the Lord, which are working and maintaining this entire creation. So the Lord is not like Atlas, which generally people think of. He is not an old person. He, he is not carrying the load of entire creation. No, Lord is actually enjoying with his devotees and everything is happening under his direction. 
Krishna person declares in Bhagavad Gita that Yajat Vibhuti Mat Satvam know that all opulent, beautiful and he says Srimad Urjitam Evava glorious creations in this entire world are Mamatejo Amsa Sambhavam he says spring from but a spark of my splendor. So all the beauty of this world is a spark of Krishna's splendor and beauty. We can just understand within this world, so many beautiful things are being created by God himself. What kind of beauty God must be possessing? Correct? If, if, if we see so many beautiful things in this world, so many beautiful flowers, birds, animals, human beings, these are all created by God. We can just imagine the kind of beauty what he must be having. Just like we, if you see a beautiful painting, what question comes in our mind? Oh, who is the artist? Who has created this beautiful painting? So, like that, when we see outside world, any beautiful thing, we see beautiful flowers, trees, birds, animals, human beings. The question should come in our mind is, who is the artist behind this creation? Who has created these beautiful flowers, leaves, trees? So many things around us. Everything is created by God. Correct? If you see trees also, all trees are not same. All trees, they have different varieties of leaves. The pat pattern is different. Design is different. Who has created those designs? Who is working behind this entire creation? There is a person. There is a person who is using his intelligence and creating so many beautiful things. Another thing of God is knowledge. So again, we see there are many knowledgeable persons in this world. Correct? Who are famous for their knowledge, for their intelligence. But a scientist or philosopher may be attractive because of his knowledge. But again, this is material knowledge. Correct? Just like we talk about atomic theory. So, long time back, there was one theory of atoms. Now, that theory has changed. So, this material knowledge keeps on changing. This never remains same. Now, people are even pointing out fingers on Albert Einstein's equation of e equal to mc square. Some scientists are saying this equation is not perfect. So, they are finding faults in that. So, the material knowledge which is, keeps on changing. But spiritual knowledge is something which will never change. So, there cannot be any knowledge which is superior to the knowledge what Krishna gave in Bhagavad Gita. So, if we read Bhagavad Gita today and even if we read Bhagavad Gita after 5,000 years, still this knowledge will remain as it is. Nothing will change in this knowledge. Just like Krishna says that Janam Vrityu Jara Vyadi Dukha Doshanu Darshanam He says Bhagavad Gita, there are four kinds of miseries which everybody is going through. What is that? Birth, death, old age and disease. So, 5,000 years back, these four miseries were there. Birth, death, old age and disease. Today also it is there. Everybody has to take birth. Everybody has to die. Everybody has to go diseases. Old age, everything is there as it is. We may try our level best to stop death. But death, we cannot stop. We cannot stop old age. These are the facts which are shared in Bhagavad Gita. This knowledge will never change. These are This is called spiritual knowledge. It will never change with time. 
It is mentioned in scripture there are 84 lakh species. So there is 84 lakh species always. This will never change. And then Krishna says, Dehi no smijatha dehi, komaram yovanam jara, tatha dehantara praptir, dhira satranam huyati. Krishna says that we are not his body, we are spirit souls. So this knowledge is also eternal knowledge. Yes, we are spirit souls. After 5,000 years back, after 5,000 years also, and 5,000 years before, this knowledge has remained as it is. We are spirit souls that will never change. We are not this material body, this knowledge will never change. We are going through this cycle of birth and death, this knowledge will never change. Goal of human, human form of life is to become free from the cycle of birth and death, this knowledge will never change. Goal of human form of life is self-realization, this knowledge will never change. Even if we make any amount of material advancement, the goal of human life will remain as it is. Then Krishna says, Annad Bhavanti Bhutani Prajanadana Sambhava. Annad Bhavanti Bhutani means all living entities they sustain because of grains, food grains, un without un without grains, we cannot survive. We have to eat that. We cannot survive by eating plastic nut and bolts. No, you have to eat grains. Even if somebody is a non-vegetarian, they are indirectly also dependent on grains because animals, they have to eat grains. And then you have to eat the flesh of those animals. But again, animals have to eat grains. They cannot survive like that. So directly or indirectly, we can see Bhagavad Gita knowledge can never change. This is spiritual knowledge, eternal knowledge. So there is no comparison in the world to such knowledge. In fact, Krishna imparted entire Vedic knowledge in the heart of Brahma at the time of beginning of creation. Beginning of creation means when this creation started, when nobody is there, nobody was there in this material world. So at the time of creation, Krishna actually gave this entire knowledge of Vedas in the heart of Brahma. Another opulence of Krishna, why is called Supreme Personality Godhead, is called renunciation. So we see there are many renunciates in this world and they are very attractive because of the renunciation. They have left everything in the world and people are attracted to them because of their vairagya, their renunciation. But Krishna is a has shown real renunciation in his life. Because our renunciation has no value. You know why? Why our renunciation has no value? Because we don't possess anything in this creation. Everything belongs to Lord. This body itself belongs to Lord. Whatever you have, whatever abilities you have, is given by God himself. So what you can renounce, you cannot renounce anything. But still, when we renounce anything, we use it for the pleasure of the Lord. That is called renunciation. But real renunciation is shown by God himself. How we have shown the renunciation? Just to fulfill our material desires, Lord has created this entire material world to fulfill our material desires. We wanted a world where God is not visible in front of our eyes. Because if God is there in front of you, you cannot enjoy you cannot fulfill your desires. So God has created this entire material creation 
and he's not enjoying here. He has left it for us, for our enjoyment. So, although this material world is actually property of Krishna, but he's not there. He has left his entire creation for our enjoyment. He has given his material body to us. He has given his material creation to us. This earth planet, the senses, mind, body, everything he has given us. Sense objects for our enjoyment and everything just to fulfill our desire. But he is not there. That is called renunciation of Krishna. Can anybody renounce like that more than Krishna? He has created entire creation for us. Just imagine, not our planet. I'm talking about billions of planets who are there in this entire creation. Everything for our enjoyment. Heavenly planets and Mahar Loka, Jana Loka, Tapa Loka, Brahm Loka, this Bhu Loka, all these Lokas are created for our material enjoyment. And Krishna is not claiming that he is a real proprietor of everything and you know you should use for his pleasure. No, Krishna is not coming in front of you. He is not asking like that. He has just given that independence to us for enjoyment. So once it so happened, there was a person uh, from Germany and he was a spiritual seeker. He was trying to understand, you know, different religions and he wanted to understand what is spiritual life, all those things. So he came to India and while he was trying to understand, uh, you know, Indian culture and spiritual life, what is renunciation, all these things, he came to India. He was visiting different temples in India. So he went to Shiva temple, Ganesha temple, Durga temple, and like that, all the temple, Hanuman temple, all the temples he went. And finally, at the last, he came to Hare Krishna temple. And then when he came there, at that time, Srila Prabhupada was also present in the temple. Srila Prabhupada was the founder of Charya of Viscon, Hare Krishna movement. He was also there. And then uh, Prabhupada also met this person who came from Germany and he visited all the temples and then he came to Viscon temple. And then during the course of discussion, Srila Prabhupada just asked him a very uh, normal question that uh, because you have visited all the temples in India, now you are here in Iskon Temple. What is your observation? What What do you observe about the understanding of God and scriptures? What is your real? What is your conclusion? So this German who was not aware of Bhagavad Gita, who was not aware of the scriptures, who was not aware of who is God. He shared this with Srila Prabhupada that. Although I visited all the temples, but everywhere I saw that all the gods, whether Lord Shiva, Durga, Ganesha, everybody was engaged in some activity. Shiva, Lord Shiva was doing some meditation, Durga was killing a demon somewhere, Ganesha was, you know, busy in, you know, uh, removing the obstacles in the life of people. Anumanji was lifting a mountain and like that everybody was busy in some activity. But when I came here in this Hare Krishna temple, I saw Krishna 
is the only person who was not engaged in any activity. He was simply dancing with Radharani and Gopis. He was simply enjoying. So what I uh, think, what I thought about understanding God, that all these, all other gods are actually, you know, they because they're engaged in some work, I think they all are reporting to this person because this person seems to be enjoying always. He's simply enjoying with all his, uh, you know, gopis and Radharani and he's not engaged in any other work. So maybe it seems to me that Krishna must be the supreme personality of God as per my understanding. Because he's the only person, what I observe, who is simply enjoying. He's not engaged in any other work. Is simply enjoying with his devotees. So then Prabhupada explained him about the position of Krishna. So this is a fact actually. This entire creation is working under a perfect management. You know, if we see in this entire creation, so many things are happening systematically. Just like we see uh, recently there was one uh, you know, Chandrayaan, this uh, mission which was sent to moon planet by India. So there was a very big control system. If we see, suppose there is a satellite which is moving around the Earth planet. So for, for a satellite to work in a very systematic way, there is a very big control system. So, so many scientists are absorbed in controlling the satellite so that that satellite works in a very systematic manner. Now, if we see entire creation, there are billions of planets who are moving you know, around the sun planet and sun is also moving in this entire creation and there is a pole star around which everything is moving in a very systematic arrangement as for Bhagavatam. So if there is a systematic arrangement of everything, that means there is somebody who is controlling this entire arrangement. There is a proper management. There is somebody working behind it. It is not only happening on its own. There is somebody who is controlling this entire movement of this creation. So, for that we have to understand this entire creation is working under a perfect management which is set up by Krishna himself. So, on the top of this material creation, there are three directors who are controlling this entire creation. Who are these? Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh. Brahma is the creator. Vishnu is a maintainer of this entire creation. Shiva is a destroyer. And under these three directors, there are 33 crores of demigods. Just like uh, in India, we have bureaucrats. We have many IS, IS officers who are you know, managing different departments. So there are 33 crores of demigods who are managing different departments under these three directors. Like Indra is taking care of you know, rains, then there is Vayu Devta controlling the winds, then there is Varun Devta, then there is so many Devtas are there. Sun God, you know, taking control of the sun rays, entire energy of the universe. Everything is being managed by these 33 crore demigods. They are like the ministers who are reporting to these three directors. And above these three directors, there is something called spiritual world which is also called as Vakuntlok and above that Golok Vrindavan we say and there Krishna resides with his eternal associates all his pure devotees and what is happening there in the spiritual world 
Krishna is simply enjoying with his pure devotees. And a trailer of that Krishna showed when he appeared on this earth planet in the form of Raslila. Raslila is not an activity of this material world. Generally, people think, oh, why Krishna did Raslila? Krishna was acting, was acting like a boy and he had many girlfriends. No, this is not a right understanding. Krishna is not like ordinary person like us. He is not having a material body like us, which is having lusty desires. Krishna is having a spiritual body. And then gopis are created by Krishna. We all are created by Lord. And these gopis are pure devotees of Lord. So there are no illicit activities which are happening in Rasila. This is not a material platform because Krishna and gopis, they are having spiritual body. Their body is not like us. This is not a material body which is filled with lusty desires. No, that is not the case with Lord and in gopis. But this pastime Krishna showed in Vrindavan for all of us that if we can go back to Vakundlo, if we can get liberation from this entire material creation, if we can purify our existence, if we can become free from this lust, greed, enviousness, all these impurities which are there in the heart, we can purify our existence, then we can go and attain supreme spiritual world which is beyond this material creation. And what is happening there? All the living entities are actually enjoying with Krishna by serving Him. This concept of struggle for existence this concept exists only in this material world. Actually, in real sense, we all are part and parcel of God and He is a proprietor of everything. So nobody has to work in that sense. There is nothing called struggle for existence. But we all have come here in this material world to fulfill our material desires. That is why this concept of struggle for existence is there in this creation. So real goal of human form life is actually to attain liberation from this material world and go back to God and back to spiritual world from where we all have come. And Krishna comes here once in one day of Brahma to just show us a trailer of the spiritual world that what is actually happening there. Just like if you want to see a movie, generally you, we see a trailer of the movie and then we get excited to see that movie. Similarly, Lord has shown this trailer of the spiritual world that how the jivas are enjoying the spiritual world. What is called real Ananda, which we have no understanding of. So this is what Krishna is offering in Bhagavad Gita, that that supreme personality Godhead resides in the spiritual world, which is called Vaikund Lok. Vaikund actually means the place where there is no anxiety. This material world means where there is always anxiety. So we are meant to go to that place called spiritual world, which is free from this anxiety, which is filled with ananda, and this is the purpose of human form life. So once there was one Ratsuya Yajna conducted by Yudhishthir Maharaj, and Yudhishthira Maharaj selected Krishna as a chief person for this yajna. So some people started objecting towards Krishna. How Krishna can be the chief or uh, chief person for this Rasu yajna? You know, he has a lot of illicit connections with gopis and all those things. They started saying like that. And then in that assembly, Bhishma Pitama was there, who is a celebrated brahmachari. All of us know Bhishma Pitama was a very strict celibate for his entire life. So Bhishma Pitama stood and said that just like Krishna performed Rasila and there were you know, no illicit connections but if I would have been there in place of Krishna, I would have lost my Brahmacharya. So Krishna is not an ordinary person like us. He is supreme personality of God. 
and then in this way Bhishma Pitama he instructed everyone that although I am a Brahmachari, but Krishna is much more, uh, you know, superior to me in the sense of Brahmacharya. Nobody can be like Krishna, although he was in the midst of all the gopis, but he was not attracted to anyone like that. And Krishna actually performed this Rasila to fulfill desires of the pure devotees. At the time of Ramayana, when Lord Ram was present on this planet, there are many sadhus and rishis who are performing severe austerities because they wanted to associate with Lord Ram. And Lord Ram told them that in the next life, I will fulfill your desires when I will come in the form of Krishna. So like that, there are a lot of, uh, you know, there is a lot of background understanding of all these activities what Krishna performs. Basically, Krishna is uh, trying to attract all of us that the real purpose of life is to be with Lord, to experience real bliss and happiness what Lord is offering to us if we are in his association. And all of us, even though we are in this material world, we can be in touch with him in a very simple way. What is that? If we just chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, we read Bhagavad Gita, all of us can still experience the spiritual life what Krishna is offering in the spiritual world. So God means who possesses so many opulences and because with his opulences, he attracts everyone. He is called Krishna. So why we call God as Krishna? Because Krishna, this word means who is all attractive. That is why we call God as Krishna. So God is the only person who has six kinds of opulences and because of the opulences, he is all attractive. But nowadays we see there are, correct, so many Bhagwans and gods are coming up in this world. But we can check them with this definition of God, what we discussed today. There are many, so many bogus swamis claiming themselves that they are also Bhagwan. And the real test is whether they have these six kinds of opulences. So if people uh, are not aware of this definition, definitely they will get cheated by so many bogus gurus and Bhagwans which are there in this world. But the real test is we have to ask simple question from that person who is saying that I am Bhagwan, that whether you have all the six opulences and that too in fullness, whether you are the richest person, whether you are the most beautiful person, all these things we can ask. But if a person is struggling with old age, diseases, and he has to go through death, he is having a material body, definitely he cannot be called. This is a simple test we can see. That is why Vedic literature says that Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. This is understanding of Bhagavan. And if we follow scriptures, we'll get the real concept of God. So these scriptures are given by Vyas Devji. He is a pure devotee, self-nice person. He has written all the scriptures. So when we read Bhagavad Gita, Shrin Bhagavatam, many of the scriptures that he mentioned, even when we read Brahm Samhita, Brahmaji says in Brahm Samhita that Ishwara Parma Krishna Satchit Ananda Vigraha Anadir Adir Govinda Sarva Karana Karanam Brahmaji, who is the first person in this creation, correct? First person who came in this creation, creator of the entire creation is Brahma himself. And Brahmaji says in Brahm Samhita that Ishwara Parma Krishna, Ishwara means controller. Brahmaji says there are many controllers, like 33 crores of demigods. All devtas are controllers. You know, they all are controlling different departments. Shiva is also controller. Vishnu is also controller. Ganesha is also controller. Indra is also controller. Vayu Devta is also controller. 
ऑल आर कंट्रोलर्स बट ब्रह्मा जी सेज इन ब्रह्म संहिता ईश्वरा परमा कृष्णा सुपीरियर टू ऑल ईश्वर इज कृष्णा सचित आनंद विग्रह विग्रह मीन्स फॉर्म हिज फॉर्म इज सचित आनंद विच इज मेड ऑफ सच चित एंड आनंद थ्री थिंग सच मीन्स इटरनल चित मीन्स फुल ऑफ नॉलेज एंड फुल ऑफ आनंद आवर मटीरियल बॉडी इज इट इज दिस इज नॉट इटरनल बॉडी वी डोंट हैव नॉलेज एंड आनंद ऑल ऑफ अस आर हेयर इन दिस ऑनलाइन सेशन एवरीबडी इज हैविंग सम प्रॉब्लम इन देर बॉडी समथिंग इज देयर वेदर वी आर पेन इन द माइंड stomach pain this pain that pain so many problems are there in his body so krishna's body is not like that that is sanchit ananda vigraha and then further brahma ji says that anadiradir govinda sarva karana karanam anadiradir means brahma ji was the first person in this creation he says even i don't know what is the beginning of this creation or when you know from what point krishna is there in this creation and sarva karana karanam krishna is the cause of all causes this is the statement what brahma ji makes and he is a most knowledgeable person we can understand the level of intelligence of brahma he has created entire creation all these planets we see is created by brahma ji so his intelligence by using his knowledge he says like that. so like that uh, i will end here if you have some questions you can raise your hands or you can share in the chat box So okay, I already have one question. When you refer to being born in Bharat, do you mean before India's partition, after, or something else? So we have to understand. Bharat Bhumi means definitely five thousand years back, entire world was called as Bharat Varsh because entire planet people were following Vedic culture. If we read Mahabharat. Hastinapur, which is present Delhi, was the capital of this entire world, and Yudhishthir Maharaj was a king of this entire planet after Mahabharat happened. And after Yudhishthir Maharaj uh, came Parikshit Maharaj, but when this Kaliyuga started, after beginning of this Kaliyuga, what happened? All the Shatriya kings who were living in other parts of the world, they got disconnected from, you know, what we say present India. bharat they got disconnected from this vedic culture and they started following their own mental concoctions they concocted their own form of worship of god they created their own style of worship their own style of following the scriptures and like that they got disconnected from bharat so we can say that definitely when we talk about bharat bhumi we can see the present india what we see because the place where lord appeared we place where all these pure devotees appeared in that land in that place where the vedic culture was followed that place is called bharat bhumi so definitely we can say even after partition also because other parts of the world they definitely uh, don't follow vedic culture in india still people are aware of vedic culture still people are aware who is krishna so this land of bharat bhumi where all the dhams basically we can say vrindavan dham dwarka dham jagannath puri dham rameshwaram dham these dhams exist that tract of land this bharat bhumi is called real bharat bhumi and if somebody has taken birth on this bharat bhumi that is considered a very pious birth so in that sense actually uh, it is mentioned in the scriptures that this bharat bhumi 
Indians are specifically meant, not meant for material advancement. They are meant for spiritual advancement. That is the thing what, again, we can see in this entire world. Indians, uh, the body, the way they are designed, it is meant for spiritual advancement. So that is why today also we can see Indians are considered to be very intelligent, even in material field. Uh, we can see Google, Microsoft, everywhere. Indians are leading the way because Indians have that kind of intelligence. They have that kind of leadership qualities whereby they can lead the entire world with this knowledge of Bhagavad Gita. So even though uh, we are in different parts of the world, but still uh, we are connected with Bharat Bhumi. We have got all those qualities uh, which are meant for spiritual advancement. Of course, everybody is meant for spiritual advancement. It is not that only Indians are meant for spiritual advancement. That is why we have uh, Hare Krishna temples all over the world. We have followers from different countries, different religions, different backgrounds, because everybody is a spirit soul. We are not Indians, Americans, you know, Chinese, Russians. No, we are spirit souls. Spirit soul is traveling in different parts of the world based on karma. We are taking birth in different religions, different countries like that. So that also we have to understand. So like that, uh, based on this understanding, everybody is meant for spiritual advancement. But yes, Bharat Bhumi has a special thing because there all the dhams exist. Vrindavan dham, Dwarka dham. If we go to all these dhams, we can make rapid advancement in the spiritual life because the potency is thousand times more than any other place. Like that. So I invite all the devotees, especially from London, they can all become part of our Vrindavan Yatra. We are conducting in November. If you wish, you can join us in November, 17 to 21 November. And all of you can come with us and experience potency of Vrindavan Dham. Why we say Vrindavan Dham is so potent. So like that. So now uh, we have almost completed 9 to 10 sessions in this concept of Bhagavad Gita. Another 2-3 sessions are left. So today uh, I want to share a very special thing that uh, this is not the end of the road. We are planning to start a Bhagavad Gita course for the devotees who are little serious in understanding depth of Bhagavad Gita. Through all these sessions, I am trying to share you important concepts of Bhagavad Gita, but we are not going through the book uh, Bhagavad Gita. So in these sessions, uh, I am going to share overview of all the 18 chapters. There are 18 chapters in Bhagavad Gita. Uh, and I am going to share overview of all the 18 chapters one by one. And these sessions will happen every Sunday, same time, just like we are conducting right now. So this is like concepts of Bhagavad Gita, which we are going through. And after this series will get over, we are going to start with a Bhagavad Gita course. Now, we are planning to start this course with some you know, students, devotees who are a little bit more serious to understand the depth of this knowledge. So, for this course, I have kept a donation amount for this entire course, which is 12 sessions, 18 chapters, entire Bhagavad Gita we are going to cover. Now, somebody may question that why Prabhuji, you are, uh, you know, asking for donation for this course. So, first of all, we have to understand that this is not for the course. This is not for me. If you ask about me, I am a dedicated devotee, Brahmachari devotee. So, for my personal needs, I don't have any, I don't need anything like that. But yes, definitely uh, for the Hare Krishna movement, we are trying to 
you know carry out we are trying to you know, spread this knowledge in the society we are taking a lot of carrying a lot of activities to the hari krishna movement so this is a kind of donation which will help us to run our activities and another point behind this donation is a very important thing is generally when we get anything for free we don't give much importance to that thing although bhagavad gita is very important we know that but still this is a general mentality uh, that when we pay for something we do it in a very dedicated way there is some kind of dedication which comes when we pay, you know pay for something just like we go for watching a movie in a theater you know once you pay for the movie and go inside the theater even though the movie is not good still you sit for the entire show correct because you have paid for the movie <laughs> so like that there also some level of commitment which comes correct suppose uh, you know in london there are movie theaters and you don't have to pay anything you can go any time and you can watch so you know people will be just going and coming out nobody will still sit there for the entire movie show because there is no dedication there is no commitment nobody is paying anything for that so uh, in that sense uh, this is not a big thing which uh, i'm trying to ask you if you see per session it is hardly 500 600 rupees like it comes to like that so this sessions will definitely help you transform your life especially when we are doing in a, in a very committed way so so there are many reasons why we have kept this course donation uh, to support our activities to bring some level of commitment and of course there will be some level of seriousness which will come when you know when we are going through this course and again i will also uh, in a very dedicated way try to share all uh, my experience everything will i will share so this is there so i am going to share a google form now with all of you uh, you don't have to pay right now anything if you are interested for this course which is going to start after two three sundays once we complete this 12 concepts of bhagavad gita so you can fill this form just to show your interest that you are interested for this course and again later on you can think after two three sessions whether you are interested for this uh 12 sessions you want to go through bhagavad gita 18 chapters and then uh we are we will start this sessions once we get at least four to five members registered members for this course means uh we need a group of at least four to five members who have paid for the course then we will start this sessions so definitely we are not expecting a very big group but uh if there is a small group we can pay more attention to all the members we can share all your you know we can share all discuss all your doubts and whatever you want to ask so like that uh you can enroll your friends and relatives also for this course suppose you are in touch with your friends you want to in your your friends you have a group of four five friends you can enroll all of them and we will start with this course so okay so now i will share this uh, form with all of you you can just spare 5 minutes and you can fill this form if you are interested this is a very simple form you can open your chat box it will hardly take 5 to 10 minutes uh, for filling this form so definitely when you are enrolling for this course this will help you in your real spiritual advancement 
and uh, there are many things which we are going to share through the sessions. We'll also have uh, a dedicated session for meditation, how to read Bhagavad Gita, how to go through translation purpose of Bhagavad Gita, how to understand each and every shloka in detail. All those things we are going to share uh, through the sessions. So hope everybody has filled the form. And this form I will also share in our Bhagavad Gita group. So again, you can take your time and fill the form whenever you get time. And you can even discuss with family members, friends. And if you can get a group of four to five members, we will start off with a very uh, dedicated way uh, through all 18 chapters. So thank you very much for coming for today's session. And hope you all have started chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Because unless until we start this chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, Krishna says, Bhaktiya Maam Abhijanati. Till the point we do Bhakti. Bhakti means when we dedicate some time for chanting His holy name, for doing some seva for the Lord. Uh, till that point, we not get that inclination, that intelligence to understand it. So, already I have shared some videos how to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Uh, so, at least you can start off with one mala of Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Uh, that will also help us a lot in our spiritual advancement. So, thank you very much for coming. Uh, Hare Krishna. We'll meet next Sunday with another presentation. Thank you very much.